Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. There are things in life that are okay to cheap out on, but your car battery is not one of them. And that's because you never know what a cheap battery could cost you. Like, uh, say, Paul's going to see the Holy Triumphant Russian concert or reunion show. It's impossible right now. But that's certainly something you wouldn't want to miss because your car won't start. That's why you need Interstate Batteries, America's number one replacement battery. And the brand Autotechs prefer three times more than any other brand. Get a battery test today. Find your closest dealer at interstatebatteries.com. That's interstatebatteries.com outrageously dependable. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. If you were sleeping with me in my bed, you would be pretty happy, too. This is Dan Patrick. Final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. You know what's been great this time of the year? We just got through shooting a Super Bowl promo, our Super Bowl commercial that will run. And we've been doing this for a decade now with the great folks at DirecTV, now AT&T. And a shout-out to Chris Long, who was our former boss, who went the extra mile and spent the money. And we did some really, really fun things. And we did um, a a Super Bowl promo where we were at Alcatraz. When we were in San Francisco, we actually went out to Alcatraz. They allowed us to shoot whatever we wanted to shoot. They locked the prison doors on us. Uh, We took a boat out there. And, you know, we were just watching that. And it was just, it's so much fun. Because we've been able to do so many different things here in the last decade with this show. And then we did a, a, a takeoff on Seinfeld. And at the diner where they actually shot the, uh, you know, that scene for Seinfeld, where they'd always go for, uh, you know, they, they, Jerry would always uh, be there with, uh, you know, the whole crew, Elaine and George. And we had Jerry Seinfeld on. So we shot it for him. And then Jerry was on the next day. And so we played it for Seinfeld. Now, Seinfeld is famous for being brutally honest with humor. If, if he thinks something's funny, he'll tell you. And if he doesn't, then he'll tell you that. And that's exactly what he did. Because we also did a, a, a little commercial a vignette with uh, Joe Montana, where we have all of these, you know, pieces of memorabilia. And we have footballs that are autographed by all the legends. So we had a football that's autographed by Joe Montana. And we were throwing it around, I think, one time on asphalt. And it, and it got all scuffed up, and Joe Montana's autograph went away. So, Joe, we thought the bit would be that we would have Joe on the, on the set, and then Paulie would take the football back to him and say, hey, could you re-sign the football because we basically scuffed it all up. So it would be a beautiful moment there. And then Montana shuts the door on Paulie. And uh, does he take the football back or does he just slam the door? Because I remember Seinfeld pointed this out. He just slammed the door, and, and Jerry said he, he should have taken the football as well. It had been double funny. Yes. So Seinfeld's watching these, and we're watching Seinfeld watch these, and, and we realize he's going to tell us what he thinks of this. And then he said, mm, Joe, should have, he should have taken the football. And then you're going, oh, okay. And then we're watching the Seinfeld promo. 
where he's watching that, and the first line that he said, he said, let me, let me tell you what you did wrong. Because <laughs> it was not bad. And for me to say it's not bad, that means it's really good for you, first civilian. <laughs> he said, first civilians. He said the word civilians. And he goes, he goes, it was too, he goes, you know what we tell everybody who was ever on Seinfeld? Faster, louder, faster, louder. Don't leave air for the jokes to sit there and die. Keep going to the next joke. Faster, louder, faster, louder. Yeah. And he complimented Fritzy. He thought Fritzy kind of nailed it. Yeah, I, you did look like George Costanza. You did a good job there. That nebbishy, uh, nervous type. Yeah, you got that down. Yes, Paul. And then I played the role of Jerry Seinfeld, and you said to Jerry, what did you think of Paul? He goes, oh, that was supposed to be me. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> but it's fun to uh, take a stroll down memory lane with all the different uh, Super Bowl shoots we've had and the sets that we've had. We got something spectacular this year. When we're in Miami, it's unlike anybody else's set. And if you – and look, I, I told the Danettes when we first started this – uh, when we left ESPN, I said, we are going to do a show that's for radio that will be on TV, not the other way around. It's, it's a simulcast, but you have to honor the people listening on radio, so they're not excluded. But if you're going to be watching on TV, you're going to be entertained. So you don't miss anything on radio if you're just listening for radio. And on TV, we, we do try to entertain you. Yes, he. I like that. Once When it first started... It was, uh, this show was a TV show about a radio show on TV. Yes. Because of the look-ins and everything and the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. I always thought that was the best description because it is sort of, it's a TV show about a radio show on TV. And it would always drive people crazy. Like if a, a critic was writing or, you know, columnist was writing, say, well, how would you describe the show? And I said, well, it's a TV show about a radio show on TV. And then they'd go, you could just see the look. They'd go, well, then it's just a radio show on TV. I go, no, no, no. It's a... TV show about a radio show on TV. So it's a TV show. No, I said, no, it's a TV show about a radio show on TV. And then people thought, I think you're dressing this up and you don't need to. And I go, hey, this is how I envisioned it, so work with me on this. Yeah, Paul. One of my favorite skits that we did, and also in San Francisco, we did like the sabotage video by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> and we were like a random drug dealer, tough guy thugs running around, you know, running on top of cars and, and all the funny nicknames like this Beastie Boy Sabotage video. But then we had, we couldn't use the Sabotage actual sound, the actual song, because it was expensive. But then our boss, Chris Long, goes, I can get it for you one time. The one time we play it on the show, yeah. I get one-time usage. It's going to cost a couple grand, but one-timer. And we had Sabotage play on the air for the show open that day. I think it cost him quite a bit of money. Yes, it did. But it was a one-timer, and he said... Because I said, look, it, it's sort of lost without this. It, it's sort of lost without the actual song from the Beastie Boys. He said, all right, I'm going to do a one-timer. Yeah, see. That's like uh, in New Orleans, we did the Friends Open, yeah. and they bought the theme song for that, yeah. too, and I think that cost a That cost a, a lot. Fortune. <laughs> we, we found out later that it cost a lot more than we thought because there was a fountain in front of our set, and one time when we came out, and I go, it was the nighttime, and I go, that's, that's the scene from Friends. And everybody's looking at me like, what scene? I said, no, the, the opening where they're all in the fountain. And we had already, we, I think we had already been shooting all day, and, 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 and we came, it was like 8 o'clock at night. And I said, guys, we've got to get in the fountain. And everybody thought I was crazy. And I said, no, if we get, if we get the right look, they're showing it right now. It, it just had this, we're dancing in the fountain. Oh, God, look how corny we are. 
Here, here. I just said though, we're not going to exclude radio, and then I'm just excluding radio. But yes, we're Fritzy's dancing in a suggestive way. It's it's the friends dance. We're throwing water on each other. Oh god! I, I remember because NBC Sports was using our set at the same time, and they had the Pro Bowl that night, so they had to use our set for some coverage. And Rodney Harrison comes walking up for football night. America goes, "Y'all crazy!" Yeah. He goes, "Y'all crazy!" You know, for the water and splashing. And I don't know why that just dawned on me when I looked at the fountain. I go, we got to get in the fountain. And we did. Uh, you guys are good sports. <laughs> I, I, now, I will say that. You guys, there have been a lot of times when I go, oh, there's no way they're going to agree to do this. There's no way. And I go, we got to get in the water. Why? <laughs> just the crowd of people standing there. Just <laughs> like, wait, now we have to dance like uh, this and do the water thing? With all the, there's 100 we, people watching. We, we had high-end executives watching us dance in white T-shirts <laughs> in the fountain. And then we got the music for uh, Friends. Yes, Todd. That was just, we took a looking back on that. It was great, but I don't know how, you know, we must have been totally humiliated. But once we got started, it was oh, actually okay. a great time. But I, I remember asking you guys, I said, look, if I'm going to laugh at myself, then you, you guys laugh at yourself as well. But you're not conditioned to do that because you hadn't been on the air before. But I said, if you do that, then, you know, it takes our show to a different level that we'll, we're willing to laugh at ourselves. Um, you know, case in point, me without a front tooth and we make a T-shirt out of it, hockey tough or whatever that T-shirt is. All-time hockey. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Paul. And this all started <laughs> 10 years ago at the Miami Super Bowl. We were down there. Our set was almost, it was really an RV with a tent on the beach, not figuratively, literally on sand. And we were starting to shoot instead of the normal morning meeting where we're just chatting it up. Our boss said, yeah, you can go grab a guitar and have McLovin do the Belushi thing where he breaks it in front of us. And yeah. then, then we did a thing where there's a rain thing and Seton was doing a, a rain report and we were like emceeing the, you know, the rain report. And we just, they started from there with no budget. Well, I remember we had the awning of our RV. And, and so the rain was piling up, and we thought it was going to come crashing down on our set. And uh, we were taking brooms. So we're, we're doing the show, and my boss is out there with a broom off camera trying to make sure that it doesn't collapse on us. That was the, the famous Golick and Greeny got word that we were doing something special. Yeah. And so they came over, and they were probably – maybe a hundred yards away, they pull up and I, I told the camera people, I said, uh, Hey, could you turn that camera around and get Mike Golick and Mike Greenberg? And as soon as that camera went around, Greeny like dived behind an, an SUV. And I, I said to Paulie, I said, go over and ask Golick if he wants to come on the set and Golick to his credit. Now this was a different time because there was still some friction between me and ESPN or our show in ESPN. And, and I just said, and I, I didn't want to embarrass them, but I wanted to let people know we were doing something different than anybody else. It's so much so that Golick and Greeny were coming over just to see what we had. And then Golick to his credit sat down with us. And I always appreciated that with Mike that he, he said, look, I'm, I'm not afraid. And I, I, you know, everybody was always worried they were going to get scolded by management back then. If they did anything, helped us, I had people who worked at ESPN who stopped sending me Christmas cards. They didn't want to get caught sending me a Christmas card for some reason. But, look, we've mended all those fences and everything's great. So, uh, you know, maybe Golik comes by again this year. But we got a great set, and we got something really special in store for you the entire week. Every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
not only just the show itself and great guests, but we have some we have some really fun things that we're doing, and uh, we're excited about that. All right, uh, DK Metcalf is going to join us coming up. Headlines, uh, Panthers and Giants got their coaches. The Browns are waiting. Tom Brady sent out an Instagram. It was more like a, a column, the tome, uh, the challenge. I, he's basically putting the ball in the Patriots court saying, I want to come back. Now it's up to you guys. You guys want me back. And uh, I thought it was strategic on Tom's part. He might realize that they don't want him back or Belichick doesn't. But he wants to let that fan base know, I want to come back here. And now it's up to Belichick and uh, Robert Kraft. Yeah, McLovin. I have a poll question just for clicks. Yeah. Who would be more likely to win a Super Bowl without the other? Tom Brady and a new team or Bill Belichick without Tom Brady? Well, I'd have to know the team. But well, I, You'd assume that he'd want to go to a contender. Say it was a, a good team. I, I guess the Chargers. Okay, but if I put him on the Chargers or the Colts. Yeah, I'll give you those two teams. I think... Who is the Patriots quarterback? That is it, Stidham or boy? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's Stidham. I, don't, I have no idea. Is it possible that the Patriots pull the Warriors and take a year off and reset? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he's capable of doing that. Like, I don't think they take the year off. You know, they reload. They don't rebuild. Um. I, I would say Belichick, just because it feels like they have a formula where the Chargers don't have a formula. The the, the Colts have a plan, and I and I like their coach and their GM, but I don't I don't know if they're ready or not. Chargers were ready, and well, we thought they were talent wise, and then they you know they made a mess out of it. The Colts, it feels like they're still building a little bit. But I don't know. Let's say the Patriots plug and play Cam Newton. Does that change your opinion? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So I, and I don't know if that would happen, but I just throw that out there. What if I gave you the Colts offensive line, the Chargers receivers, and tight ends? Then we're talking. Yeah, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nice to think that. Oh, by the way, this is a great story. And, and I really, really like this kid when he came on. The Raiders rookie running back out of Alabama, Josh Jacobs. He was – you couldn't help but root for him. And I, I, I was so glad that we were able to get him on because he grew up homeless. As a child, he and his uh, four brothers and sisters, they lived out of a car with their dad on the north side of Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's how he grew up. And he had this wonderful rookie season. Uh, had 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, he got hurt the last, uh, missed, I think, the last three games of the season. But he bought his dad a house. How cool is that? But he said sleeping in the car, you know, it it formed him. It, it made him tougher. He said that it, uh, it was rough, but it's his life, and it molded me into who I am. Uh, can't help but root for him. And what an what a awesome thing to do for your dad that you bought him a house. So I told Fritzy, it'd be great to have him on and, you know, to kind of bookend the season when we had him on earlier in the year. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Raiders can help us with that. It'd be nice to talk to him about that. What a great story. All right. Are we changing the poll question? Yeah. I mean, we could try that Brady Belichick one, uh, you know, again, just for clicks. Okay. Just say um, – 
I, I don't know if you have to put the team in there. You know what's interesting? Uh, it seems like the most con- obvious solution is that Brady stays with the Patriots, but I feel like the media is going to blow through that because it's such juicy content for the next six weeks to assume that he'll go somewhere else. Isn't the most logical solution, as Seaton's been saying all week, that he returns to New England? I don't... I thought all along that he would come back and maybe, you know, he wouldn't get top dollar, but he would come back. Uh, but the, I look at the Patriots' angle here, and only because I had somebody who enlightened me on this who said, you're you're missing the boat on Belichick. You know, Belichick will get rid of you a year early, not a year late. It's rare when he gets rid of you a year late. And that he has no – there's no sentimental journey here with Tom Brady. And, you know, I realized that. This will be a business decision. And Patriot fans, it feels like they'll be fine if they know they're getting better. Like, who who are we getting, and does that make us better? Now, you'd love to see Brady. You'd hate to see him in another uniform. But the Niners were okay to let Joe Montana go once they knew they had Steve Young. And they were winning a Super Bowl. That makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah, Paul. The Patriots used a second-round pick on Garoppolo in 2014. That's that's six years ago. Six years ago, they were looking at a replacement. Yeah. You, you could easily see them with a the second round pick. Two years ago, wasn't there a big story that they were looking to make a move up for Baker Mayfield, but then he shot up too high for them to get? Yeah. Of course they're going to look to the future. They have to. they, they got to take his name off his jersey and just look at the situation. Yeah. I wonder, and, and I don't have any uh, inside information on this, but uh, I did have somebody say, you should look into this. Were the Patriots interested in Lamar Jackson? Now, I know everybody... Everybody wants to tell you that they knew Lamar Jackson was going to be something special. I just, I, I always wonder about this with Belichick because he could have, he could have somehow incorporated Lamar Jackson into the offense this year and last year with Brady still being there. And, you know, whatever that would have been, but eventually that he would be the heir apparent there. But I, I don't know if that's true or not, but it did strike me when we're watching the draft and Lamar is falling. And I was rooting for him. I just, I, I, I loved his story. I, I, you know, we had him in studio, you know, his relationship with his mom, like all those things. And I didn't know if he could play at a high level, anywhere near this. But I, I rooted for him, and he started to fall. And then I went, God, just, man, somebody go get him. Somebody go get him. And then all of a sudden, Ravens traded up, and then they got him. And then I went, okay. I know that they were done with Flacco because I had that you know, on good authority that they were they had gotten the ceiling out of Flacco and they were moving on. And I thought, man, they may turn that team over to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Paul. In that draft, number 31, Sony Michelle was picked by the Patriots. The next pick was Lamar Jackson. To yeah, boy. Well, they did need Sony Michelle. But. All righty. Take a break here. We'll come back. DK Metcalf of the Seahawks. He's, uh, as the kids like to say, swole. Very swole. <laughs> what, Todd? <laughs> I love when you get all hip like that. Oh, yeah, that's me. How about you? When when DK calls in, you can talk, talk arms with him. That's about all I can do. Yes, talk. you can. And even that is question. 19 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. It's a new year, the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. You can have a great plan, but you need the people. Finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dan Patrick makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's best job boards. It gets it to everybody. 
But don't just stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. It whittles it down. Great applications will come in. ZipRecruiter will analyze them and get you the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through their site in the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Dan Patrick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dan Patrick. Check it out. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dan Patrick. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Um... When our shirts are off, we get often confused for one another. Uh, D.K. Metcalf is the Seahawks wide receiver, and he joins us on the program. Good morning, D.K. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy with the voice there. Don't try to outdeat me. <laughs> no, I'm a bad man. <clears throat> okay, I'm looking at the weather report in Green Bay. I'm looking at the weather report in Green Bay. I got, I got 28 degrees. Sleeves or no sleeves for you? Uh, it's gonna be no sleeves for me, man. I like it. I like it. That's that's all I wanted to talk to you about, DK. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, when's the last time you were able to go into a store and buy a shirt? Uh, I mean, I go probably once a week. Wait, wait, but don't you have to get? You can't buy them off the rack, can you? Oh yes, I, I wear extra large. Yeah, but you got you you got a wide shoulders and then you got a thin waist. I I didn't think you could go in there and just get it right off the the rack there. Yeah, I just can't I just can't wash it. Um, you know, I got to get at least two wears out of it. Then I got to toss to the side. <laughs> and then it shrinks, and then you can't wear yeah, it anymore. Exactly. Uh, explain the difference September in the NFL to January in the NFL because you seem like a different wide receiver. Um, I believe, uh, I mean, I've just gotten used to everything. Uh, I know there's still a lot of learning to do, and I've still got a lot of areas to grow in. But, you know, just getting used to everything and, you know, the offense and how they're trying to use me. And then my, I guess my confidence has grown uh, since I first stepped foot uh, in the NFL. Is it terminology of just sort of understanding where you're supposed to be at a certain time? Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, terminology and, uh, you know, where I'm supposed to be is, is a big part of it. But, you know, just learning the offense uh, and, you know, just learning how DB is trying to attack me and how they how they play their leverage on me and, you know, how it's different from any other receiver. And, uh, you know, just watching a lot of film basically uh, is what it boils down to. You were a workout wonder at the Combine. And, you know, you have to remind people sometimes. It's like, yeah, he went in the second round, I think 64th pick overall. Yes, sir. Why did you fall? What were you uh, thinking or told? Uh, I really wasn't told uh, much besides probably my neck injury or, uh, you know, I didn't play as much in college uh, as I would like to. But uh, other than that, that's it. Um, I know I had a, a talk with Coach Carroll when I first got here. He was like, I guess people got scared that I was too good to be true. Um, you know, I, I kind of believed them, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the GMs make their decisions, and, you know, I'm just happy the Seahawks, uh, you know, chose to pick me. 
What was your reaction when you saw that uh, LeBron James gave you a shout-out on Instagram? Uh, you know, just blessed, man. Just, you know, being a kid growing up watching LeBron, and then, you know, he he's acknowledging my plays. is just amazing. I just feel blessed. Who did you uh, grow up rooting for? Who was your favorite football team? Uh, well, I had to go for the Bears because uh, my pops played there. But uh, after he kind of uh, got out of the NFL, I, I really didn't watch football as much as uh, – you would think. Um, I mean, I would probably watch the Super Bowl or the uh, NFC AFC Championship, but that's probably it. Your dad was an offensive lineman. If if you were coming up now the way you're built, you'd be an offensive lineman in the NFL. Right, yes. I, I mean, people tell me I'm, a, I'm usually a tight end or a DN uh, somewhere else or, you know, if, if I wasn't so fast. But, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, change the game a little bit, uh, you know, and uh, play it my own way. He's D.K. Metcalf. He's the Seahawks wide receiver joining us, Dan Patrick Show. Does anybody call you by your full name? Uh, negative. My, my mom probably calls me uh, D.K. every now and again, but that's pretty much it. But that's usually when you're in trouble, isn't it? Uh, pretty much, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but she needs some immediately. Have you ever heard Russell Wilson curse? Uh, negative. No, sorry. <laughs> I, I haven't. That is the correct answer. That is the correct answer. <laughs> Uh, what is the scouting report for uh, Green Bay? I, not that you would tell us, but can you give us just a little bit of what you expect from that defense? Oh, yeah. I know they got um, some top-end DBs uh, and Jair Alexander and uh, King on the other side. And, you know, their, their back end is pretty good. They got a, a pretty good D-line. So it, it should be a fun game. Um, you know, they're, they're going to come out and play uh, a tough brand of football, just like they're known to play. And, uh, you know, we're just going to go out there, compete, get to uh, get to work today on some of their uh, defense and, uh, you know, go from there. Have you had that moment where you're kind of on the field and you go, oh, my God, that's this guy? Like, have you had that moment? Uh, not really, no, sir. I, I believe I'm too locked into the game. But, uh, you know, after the game, you know, Richard Sherman, uh, you know, just him guarding me, uh, you know, it kind of – Kind of had a whoa moment there. Um, Do you trade jerseys? Uh, yes, sir. I traded jerseys with um, Julio Odell. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were my idols, uh, you know, through the whole draft process. And, uh, you know, the way they've handled themselves and how they play on the field, it, it just, you know, amazes me. How often are you uh, asked to take your shirt off? Uh, it's kind of died down right now. <laughs> uh, and I, I like it like that. Um but uh, I don't like when people, you know, ask me that because I don't want to be, you know, known as a workout warrior or just, you know, a flexing body. Oh, no, that's changed now. Yeah. But, 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 DK, do not skip leg day. It just feels like you might not be focusing on leg day as much as you are on abs and arms. <laughs> no, nah, man, you just can't see my legs. I okay, like okay. Yes, All right. Hey, uh, have fun, and uh, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on your, uh, your rookie season. Yes, sir, thank you. That's uh, DK Metcalf. Place for the Seahawks. And no sleeves in Green Bay. You got to send the message, man. No sleeves. You don't need any sleeves. Stinking sleeves. Yeah, Paul. We were watching the game at my house, and there's a few bros over there the other day, and I was commenting, I'm like, God, that guy's in unbelievable shape. And this other guy goes, Well, that's what he's paid to do. I'm like, All 45 guys <laughs> on his team are paid to be in that kind of shape, but he's the only one who looks like that. <laughs> yeah, there's something different about him because you're, you're watching him, and this is what happens. You know, there's certain positions where it takes time 
Uh, and, and you see a lot of wide receivers. We talk about quarterbacks who wash out. There are a lot of wide receivers where you go, what happened to that guy? Or, you know, that guy you, you didn't think could be great in the NFL, and then all of a sudden he is. Uh, but, you know, D.K. Metcalf has been pretty impressive for that team. But no sleeves. That's breaking news there. That, that's probably headlines there in Green Bay. Packers are probably taking notice. Oh, did you hear? Aaron Rodgers probably addressing the team now. Oh, did you hear DK Metcalf not wearing sleeves? Did we uh, get an update on our poll question, McLovin, that we changed in the final yeah. round? so we put up uh, who has a better chance Ooh. of winning a Super Bowl. And I said the next two years, Tom Brady on another team or Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. And 74% said Belichick. Okay. Which makes sense because Brady's 42. I mean, he's got a smaller window than Belichick. In uh, – Metcalf's first postseason game as a rookie, 160 yards receiving. That ranks fifth most receiving yards by a player in his first playoff game all time. Tops on the list is Calvin Johnson at 211 for the Lions. Demarius Thomas for the Broncos, 204. Vernon Davis, San Francisco, 180. And then uh, Raymond Berry of the uh, Baltimore Colts, 1958. Plus, he had, a, I mean, he had almost 1,000 receiving yards there. And there's, there's a learning curve with wide receivers because, you know, you got terminology here, uh, defensive backs, the way they play you. And as a rookie, you're not going to get the calls. as If you're going against Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman's going to get more calls. Or, you know, he'll get the benefit of the doubt more than you. Uh, but, I mean, he's just – we haven't seen a wide receiver that size before, I don't think. I mean, David Boston, but he was artificially inflated. Andre Johnson might be on that list. I don't know how big Andre Johnson was, but it felt like he was a – he always looked bigger than everybody else at that position and certainly going against defensive backs. Calvin Johnson was taller but not built the way DK met. And Metcalf ran a 4-3-40 at that size. Yes, McLovin. I saw a good tweet by Michael Wilbot saying, if DK Metcalf can blow away the combine like that and fall in the second round, why do they even have the combine anymore? All we do is say the results are meaningless. So why do it? Yes, Paul. If you go back to his Ole Miss reviews, though, he was off the field a lot at Ole Miss, uh, missed a lot of games, and when he played, he would be nagging injuries. And the neck injury was a big deal. I just looked at his draft profile. They don't mess around with that because that, that kind of takes you in that uh, no-man's land of this could be career-ending, necks and backs and things like that. Yeah, and, and it goes back to there's a couple things that happen at the combine. The things that are really important. You know, the shuttle drill and, you know, throwing to receivers with no DBs or anybody rushing you, those don't mean anything to me. Because I've already seen you throw in game-like situations. That That's the ultimate test. There are a lot of guys who look great in, you know, shorts and warming up. I want to know what you do under duress. And that goes back to Lamar Jackson. They're like, oh, he's not going to throw at the combine. I'm like, he he's already thrown. You know, that's that's the tape you can go look at. That's real. This is all artificial, but they want to get quarterbacks in front of the chalkboard. So there's a couple things that happen with quarterbacks. There's the interview process. The medical records are really, really important. And then they want to give you a play and then see if you can diagram. Now, this is what was told with me last night. Uh, I had a lengthy conversation with uh, a scout. And I was wanting to know, he heard my question yesterday on the show where I I asked Paul Feinbaum which quarterback benefited the most from all the talent around him. Because sometimes you can be 
propped up. Like Gino Toretta won the Heisman Trophy. He wasn't the best player on his own team. He had a lot of talent, you know, but he still had to, you know, produce, which that Miami team was great, and Gino won the, the Heisman Trophy. Sometimes you'll get a quarterback who might appear to be better than what he really is because he's got a lot of talent. And in particular, I wanted to know about, you know, Joe Burrow and that LSU wide receiving core. I, I've never seen something like that before. And uh, so he was talking about Tua. And uh, let me see if I can find it here. Because we, we had a lengthy discussion. Okay. Uh, sends me, now I didn't ask for this, but he had listened to the show. So my, my source said, some intel on Tua. Second most talented quarterback in the draft. Accuracy and deep ball impressive. Uncanny lefty who is a natural righty. His dad made him change. The combine will be more important to him than any other player because he's not going to do a single drill. Does he pass all the medical tests? Uh, he'll do great in the interviews. How will he do on his board, on the board? Uh, the scout goes on to say, two of his wide receivers were so good he didn't have to read anything. Film tells you he gets away with a lot. No. Just something to file away. Uh, let me see if I have anything else uh, in here from him. Uh, we talked about the Brown situation. Talked about the Titans with Vrabel. Yeah, that was it. But, you know, some of these quarterbacks, you get away with things and you get better. Like Johnny Manziel got away with a lot at Texas a because he had Mike Evans. All else fails, throw it up and Mike Evans will go get it. And he... I don't know if he developed bad habits. I think those were just his habits. I think that's just who Manziel was. Yeah, Paul. You talk about combine, you know, Devin Singletary, the running back you love for the oh, Buffalo man. Bills. He, he's 5'7", 203, but at the combine, he, he blew it. He ran a 4.6640. He didn't do well on the cone drill. And the analysis of the combine is not as quick as expected, not as fast as expected. This won't bode well for him. And he, he really blew the combine, according to the, the, the reviews afterwards. But he looks fantastic. Oh he does God. not look un slow in any way. He looks smaller than you think, and maybe not as fast, but he never quits. There were a couple of times in that in that game where you thought he was stopped, and then he, he just never stopped. And, in you know, whatever, break tackles, spin. It felt like the first guy either missed or he would break the tackle. And that kid can run on my be my running back any day. I, I, I loved it. And it felt like he ran with a chip on his shoulder. And Boston Scott, too, with the Eagles. Like, they're guys that you just – this is why running back and wide receiver where you go, where did this guy come from? Yeah, McLeod. Travis Homer on Seattle. Yeah. the heck he is. Yes. So, again, don't draft Saquon Barkley number two. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm on record as saying, I, you know, drafting Saquon Barkley. But, I mean, you, you know, Carolina, that's working out, right, with Christian McCaffrey? Uh, they fired their coach and they missed the playoffs. Okay. Nick Chubb, he's but, leading the league but, in rushing, but they are not winning. Well, Derrick Henry did. Der oh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, but even Derrick Henry, like, he ran for 180 yards on the Patriots. He scored two touchdowns. If the Patriots offense had done anything. Running backs, you need more. You know it. You need to pass. I'm like, I could be totally wrong. Okay, but look at these teams who are in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. But, that well, the Ravens are different because their quarterback runs so much as well. Okay. Seahawks didn't spend money on their running backs. Right, and the Seahawks, yeah, they have undrafted guys. Right. But but they, they're a run. They didn't spend any draft capital on running. Well, 
Uh, oh, they got Penny. Uh, Penny, they did a first But they gunner. prove how ridiculous it is. They've lost their three top running backs, and, you know, they bring in Marshawn Lynch off the street, and they haven't missed but, a beat. But they're a running team. Yeah, no, I, I know. This year it's all running teams in the Final Four. Except, for, except for the Chiefs. Right, and they're actually pretty high up in the running back ranks, too, believe it or not. They just get so many yards. All right, let's take a break. A big day in uh, sports history. We'll recap that, tell you what's in store tomorrow, what we learned. All of that coming up. Everybody's got a to-do list. I get one from my wife, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, figure out something to get out of the house so I can relax. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Do you like extra money in your pocket? Do you like not having to drive somewhere to pick something up? This is the way to do it. It just may be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. That's Geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. What was it, an hour ago where we got a winter squall alert on our phone? Paulie just went outside. So brave. It's sunny and 48. I don't I don't know where the squall. Did we get the squall? I didn't see it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it, uh, it passed us by. Those squalls are rapid. They go fast. Yeah. I saw this article. Uh, let me see if, uh, what was it in? Uh, Oh, well, 538. So the website 538. Is Joe Burrow the most efficient college quarterback ever? What did you make of this, McLovin? Hard to argue. I mean, just his stats and just watching that game against Oklahoma. Do you remember any quarterback just eyeballing who's ever, you know, moved the ball so easily? He made it look, he did. He made it look like he was playing in the backyard. And he's got unbelievable accuracy. And And you've got... You know, two great quarterbacks are going to match up in the national title game. Um, I've seen more out of Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence might be the physical specimen, maybe a better athlete, maybe better arm, and you know, bigger and all those things. Joe Burrow shows you how to play the game. Like he's played at a higher level than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that doesn't mean Lawrence won't be a better pro than Joe Burrow. I'm just saying what I see now. But he's he's a lot older. You know, Trevor Lawrence was leading a team to a national title as a freshman. I thought there would be a drop-off this year. There was. And Joe Burrow, you know, LSU finally found a quarterback because they've always had talent. That's a skilled position. And uh, he took advantage of that, and he was spectacular. But they like how, you know, they, they think, you know, athletically. Um, and also, uh, he's a very, very sharp guy. Like, that. that's what I was told about Joe Burrow. Yes, you see all these things, but he seems really bright. you got to process that information in real time. 
And that's hard for these college quarterbacks when they come in because a lot of this is just they'll signal in a play. And it, it's very simple. They simplify it the best they can. When you have to do it in real time in NFL terminology, then it's a lot different. And, uh, you know, they think that Joe Burrow is going to be able to do that without a problem. Yeah, McClellan. It does strike me how easy it is to have these stats in college football now. Like you said yesterday, Tua set the all-time rating record. Yeah. Is offense moving away from defense? Even Alabama can't stop anybody now. Yes. And I, I really think that, that that's what should come to mind when you start to see Alabama's defense look pedestrian at times. Not formidable. Now, I do think LSU and Clemson, that game to me will be decided by the cornerbacks. The best defensive backs are going to win that national title, in my opinion. Paulie, this day in sports history. January 2000, Dan, wild card game between the Bills and the Titans in Tennessee. The Bills kick a field goal on third down to take a one-point lead, 16 seconds on the clock. Then the Bills kicked off to the Titans, and here's how it started with Mike Keith on the call. Do the Titans have a miracle left in them in what has been a magical season to this point? If they do, they need it now. Christie kicks it high and short. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags. Yeah, it was great. Is that the best throw in Titans history? <laughs> yeah, Paul. Do you think, in all seriousness, that call would have been tempered today and Mike Keith would have gone, we are checking to see after review, and it looks like it will stay. Like, would he temper his call in the moment? Well, what could you have challenged on that play if there's no flags? Whether the pass was backwards or not. Yeah. Which they, they still had to do that. All, all scoring is is uh, reviewed. Oh, right. Not was it back then? I have no idea. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, I'm not it's sure. like Franco Harris with the immaculate reception. They'd be like, uh, they're going to have to review this. Uh, I don't know if they're going to open. Like you, you lose all that spontaneity because you're going to go. Uh, well, hold on, we got to review this. Like Kyle Rudolph touched yeah. the other day. Yeah, and then it was. Oh, by the way, Joe Buck goes. Uh, they're not reviewing it. Uh, game over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, whoa, wait, what? Yep, game over. Uh, final results of the poll question there, McLeod. Who's more likely to win a Super Bowl in the next few years? Bill Belichick without Brady. Brady on another team, 64% Belichick. Uh, I mentioned the Mavs and the uh, Nuggets tonight, which I'll be watching. And this is something I'm keeping an eye on. I know nobody else is, but I am. Devin Booker of the Suns is averaging 26 a game. He's shooting 50% from the floor, 91% from the line. Three players in NBA history have finished averaging 25, 50, and 90% for the line. Larry Legend, Kevin Durant. Larry did it a couple times, and Steph Curry. Devin Booker is on a pace right now to do that. So it kind of gets lost. You know, Phoenix hasn't been a really good story. I mean, they're improving, uh, but Devin Booker... Yeah, that that's one of the great. And I remember John Calipari talking about how great Devin Booker was as a shooter. Because I, you know, you watch Kentucky players and you're like, oh, there's another first rounder and there's another first rounder, and they, and they sort of all mesh together. And then you see Devin Booker. Devin Booker is that that form wise. That's a wonderful shot, beautiful shot. 
All right, uh, go around the room what we learned on this award-winning program. Uh, Todd, what did you learn today? McLovin says that you don't want a team that has a lot of tackles. Apparently. McLovin, what did you learn? You actually hurt your team by tackling the other players. <laughs> Apparently, according to you. Just don't tackle them. Yeah, if you it's don't tackle them, it's terrible. Seton O'Connor Jr. the third. DK Metcalf gets his T-shirts like everybody, everybody else yeah. does. But then he can only wear them twice, and then he has to wash them, and then they shrink. Paul Esther. Huge sc- score for our I-team. DK Metcalf confirms no sleeves in Lambeau. Yeah. Todd, what did I learn? Mike Vrabel's goal, even though he's currently the Titans coach, is to become the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, that that's what I was told. I, I don't know if Mike has said that publicly. I'm not reporting that. Not reporting that. No. no. Uh, what we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. You can uh, make 2020 a year you're going to remember for the right reasons. Let LegalZoom help you out. LegalZoom.com. Enter the promo code Patrick in the box at checkout. Special savings. That's LegalZoom.com. Promo code is Patrick. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Ryan Leaf, our good friend, will be in the man cave coming up tomorrow. Talk about the divisional playoffs with him. Playoffs? What's he make of what Tom Brady put out on Instagram this morning? Wants to come back. Patriots want him back. Talk to you tomorrow. There are things that should not be. Copycat killers. They exist. Those who are compelled to turn bloody fiction into a real-life horror story. He was inspired by the Joker. They do it because the act gives them power and control. The life is to kill. Life imitates art. And unfortunately, so does death. Reels and Podcast One, who brought you Murder Made Me Famous, comes the next great true crime podcast. Copycat Killers. Join host Dr. J. Buzz Von Orensteiner as he analyzes true crimes based on Hollywood hits. New episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.